It is 9.32, and joining me now is my good friend, Master Gardener and retired farmer, Harvey Hess. Hello, Harvey. Good morning. How are you today? Good. Well, you know, Harvey, we were talking last week about you were doing uh, an experiment for your science fair project. Well, maybe you're a little <laughs> old to be in. <laughs> did you? Yeah, a little bit. When I was in school, we never had science fair, did you? No. But the grandkids, I'm sure, yeah. have yours. Yeah, so Harvey wanted to do a science project because we were talking about last year so many master gardeners had tried a, a seed starting mix, mix that was just horrible we had terrible germination things didn't come up or they died and it it happened to be the brand and i'm not recommending or not recommending brands but last year the problem was with a burpees organic seed starting mix and so harvey took it upon himself this year to see if they had fixed things or things were better so what what are our results and what did you do well, I wasn't even going to get any this year, but then I was in uh, Menards and uh, there's he got some out there in the display, and I seen a lady pick some up, and I thought, oh, I'm going to take one too, and I'm going to take it home and try it, and I did, and I planted uh, uh, some in that and some in my regular mix that I used, and lo and behold, I got plants. So it they whatever so they was wrong, they must have corrected it. Because it, it, mine worked this year. So each of the different, so what, you did a Jiffy mix, potting mix was the, the other That's one? That's what I had before, yeah. Okay, so you did the Jiffy potting mix and the burpees. Yes. Um, the one that you got this year, not yes. an old one. And they, you I found had, equal germination? I had, I had two flats mm-hmm. and one of each. And yes, I've got um, plants in both of them now. I had um, uh, ornamental peppers that I started. And I think I had six or seven different varieties and I think just about every one of them are up, and I got very good germination on them. So, so um, I'll use it again. Okay. Well, that's that's good news. But maybe if you have some from before, like old stuff, maybe you want to just take it and sprinkle it on the ground somewhere in the back forty yeah, or something, and just don't use anything from last year. Yeah, I because there was that problem. I know it was pretty universal in our master gardener listserv folks talking about it. And then I was into a different store the last week, and I seen some a different brand. So I got some of that. I'll <laughs> I'll try that one too. Now I haven't started any seed yet because the seed things I am starting are going to be uh, stuff you can start closer to the planting season because you look on the back of the package, of course. But you're starting uh, peppers and tomatoes and things, and you're starting mine as well. So did you? Okay, because I know I, I have yum yum and Valentine's um, planted. Nothing is up yet, but they are planted. Okay, because those are the ones that I have Harvey do. How about the tomato berries? Are those? Oh, I've got tomato berries up. I've got Better Boy, and then I've got Super Sauce. I got some of those all up. I just, in fact, I just took them out from underneath the dome uh, that they were under because they were getting too tall, and I put them out. out just so they're out in the open by themselves now. And um, I looked at them this morning. They're looking very good. And do you use lights on yours? You do, right, just to keep them. You yeah. use lights, yeah. Otherwise, uh, we've talked about you. They get kind of leggy if you don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to have to do something with them now. I'm going to um, put them in peat pots, uh, plant them in that, and then I'll put them underneath the lights and real close to the lights. And and every once in a while, I'll go out there and I'll pet them a little bit too. That, <laughs> you uh, pet them? Yeah, that uh, just run your hand over the top of them, or turn a, a little fan on so they move. That, well, that they makes, do like that some makes movement. A difference. Because when they get outside, you've got the wind, and if they haven't been what what kind of called hardened off yeah. with with wind blowing on them, so it, it is a good idea to put a fan on your little seedlings because then they have to build up a sturdier stem, stem. to to stand that. Yeah, and it 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 
uh, seems to help to keep them from getting too leggy when you do that. They, like maybe if you rub them over the top and, and they can't grow anymore, so the, uh, so they think they can got to have uh, grow out instead of up. And I saw uh, on Facebook this morning a band that I like and that I play on KMSU. It's called Good Latimer. They had posted a video of themselves. They apparently live in another place where you can plant your garden already. So they had planted their garden and. He posted a video of himself with his guitar singing to the plants. <laughs> and I just thought, well, you know, Barb talks about how she she talks to hers and you pet yours. And sometimes I think it does. Well, maybe just because you're paying more attention to them. Well, that could, that could be too. But I just, it was cute. It was cute because he was singing, grow, grow. And I thought, well, I could sing to mine too, I suppose. I don't know. Did I tell you last week about my um, Lafa? 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 Lufa. Lufa. Yeah, you said your granddaughter wanted to plant loofah. And now I've got... Which uh, is a type of sponge. I mean, well, it, 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 it's it a gourd, grows, isn't it? It grows and then eventually turns into a sponge. Now, I, I, I've never heard of it before. Not like a so. sea sponge, but... Yeah I, yeah, I don't know just what it is. It's but called the loofah gourd, and you can buy the, the seeds, and it's a, it is edible as well. But I guess if you let them dry out, they kind of get that hard... The the, the 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 I don't know what's the inner stuff that makes a kind of a type of sponge. Yeah, or, yeah. That you use in the, when you take a shower or something. I I don't to know. To get your dry skin off, it's yeah, sort of a whatever it is. Sore uh, those up. Yes, I got eight of them now. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so if you want a loofah, take a bath. Call Harvey. I don't know how many. I understand another granddaughter wanted one, too. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've got more. It says, yeah. loofahs on the market today are sometimes synthetic, meaning they are not made from the gourd plant that they were originally modeled after. But the real deal is a combination of soft and exfoliating with the ability to absorb just enough water and soap to get a good lather going. Loofahs obtained naturally from the garden can be of many sizes and shapes and are great for several household uses beyond washing up in the tub. Well, there well, you go. I, I have never seen it grow, so I'm what I'm anticipating is is something like an ear of corn or something that no, it it's turns like a into squash. Smudge, it's like a no, squash, it, it, it looks like a squash because I'm looking at a picture. I, I brought it up here, so it's like a vining plant, and it just it's like a gourd, so it grows just like a, a little squash plant. <laughs> you plant them in a hill, and uh, it says when the seedlings grow to about two inches tall, then you thin it to a single plant per hill. And it says loofah gourds need to be kept adequately watered, and they really like sun, which I'm sure in order to, yeah. to, to like any kind of squash, they like a lot of water. Right. Uh, and it says, uh, yeah, so, and this person says, I also treat my loofah plants to a regular dusting of diametaceous earth in the late summer and early fall when the squash beetles are most dangerous. So they're like oh, a squash, yeah. essentially. Well, I'm anxious to, you know, see Harvey and ask how your loofah bath went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, those granddaughters, they find some different things. Well, I think that's great, though, you know, and always try something new. And uh, I've really wanted to get Kalettes. And have you heard of Kalettes? No. Okay. So Kalettes are a brand new vegetable. They're relatively new. They've been around for a little while. But they're small green and purple sprouts with curly leaves. It's a cross between uh, two what are considered superfoods, the Brussels sprouts and kale. And so then they, so they sort of look like a fluffy Brussels sprout. So the, the, they're actually the leaves, mm. but so they're real, t they get um, all up a Brussels sprout. You know how they grow yeah. up with mine, except these, instead of getting in tight little balls, they'll be looser little balls, but they're a great superfood. So I've been asking around in the nurseries and none of them have them in. They used to in the past, but I guess not enough people bought them. Um, but you can do them by seed, but 
I don't want a whole packet of seeds if I'm only going to use two plants. So I've asked <laughs> a couple of, of, of the, the local nurseries, including Edenvale, if, and she's checking to see if they can find some from their growers because that's what I want to try because I just heard how healthy it is, and I do like Brussels sprouts. I don't like kale, but I thought maybe <laughs> maybe if it's a, a kalette, <laughs> maybe it's a kalette, I'll, I will like it. But um, basically they grow, so they're probably going to be real tall plants and sturdy plants. But, you I know, I, I should have bought the seeds and gave them to you and start, had you start them. Last Saturday, um, my granddaughter and, and my great-granddaughter were down, and my great-granddaughter and I planted a whole flat of seeds. Okay. Uh, flowers and then some herbs. And the first flower that came up is a polka dot plant. Okay, and those are cute little foliage plants, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, and so th they're up, and then uh, one spear of uh, one of the uh, herbs is up. Okay, so you're seeing things, Yeah. and you planted your tomatoes and some peppers already? Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've got cabbage planted, uh, ornamental cabbage, been regular cabbage, um, Broccoli, I've planted some of that already, too. None of that is up yet. I just got it planted now. So. Well, I wanted to mention, you grow a lot of tomatoes, a lot of peppers, and things from seed. And a lot of that goes to our Minnesota River Valley Master Gardener plant sale. And I wanted to mention that. Put this on your calendar. They've got the date. The date is May 18th, 2019, this year, from 9 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. And it is at the Caledonia Curling Club. And that's uh, located behind the Walgreens off of um, yeah. Madison Avenue. But, you know, people say, well, I, I want to get mine in the ground earlier. Well, really, with tomatoes and peppers, you don't want to get them until the end of May, beginning of June, because they need the heat. I, I've grown a lot of tomatoes and peppers over the years, but we don't plant any until Memorial Day. I don't care how warm it gets. I'll wait until Memorial Day. and Because even if the air temperature is warm, you've also got to have the ground temperature above 50 steadily. Steady yes. Yeah. So, and, and uh, I think they take it at the two inch uh, mark or depth is what they take the temperature at. And and so um, it takes a while for the, even that dirt to d um, warm up a little bit. And, and they'll do they'll do very good. They'll go, uh, anything you plant earlier than that, it's a lot of times it gets a little stunted. And when you plant them in the air and they just take right off yeah, so you you want to wait then for May 18th. I'm just telling the people, put it on yep. the calendar if you want to get Harvey's uh, seedlings uh, I, and other I lots of other plants. I should have uh, plenty of them again this year because I plan on starting a lot of them again. Maybe one of the last years I do it or something. But What's uh, that? Starting seeds. You're not going to do seeds anymore? Well, I don't know if I can physically. But Aww. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, yeah, you know, I know you're not a spring chicken anymore, but. <laughs> <laughs> An old rooster. <laughs> An old rooster. <laughs> oh, my. Well, anyway, Harvey's got some great stuff that he does. And, and the other thing I wanted to talk about that people should mark their calendars for is April 9th. We are going to have a big education day for the Minnesota River Valley Master Gardeners. And it's a <clears> full day of. Uh, videos of uh, video, video tours of our mas local master gardeners uh -huh. gardens and educational sessions with them and it's uh, April 9th at the Blue Earth County Library and so we would encourage you to uh, check that out and there will be um, master gardeners around there to ask uh, questions uh, of and yeah I was just gonna I was gonna look up the details because we just had our meeting on uh, Monday and they were talking about it so uh, this will be again April 6th 
from 10.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. And these are some of the topics that we will be covering. So put this down. Uh, 10.30 will be a presentation on Minnesota wildflowers. 11 o'clock, bulbs and companion plants. 11.30, maximizing your garden space, which a lot of people don't have a lot of space, like Harvey. Uh, noon will be on hostas. And 12.30, plant, planting hanging gardens. And 1 o'clock is variety in the vegetable garden. 1.30, grasses in Glenwood Gardens, because we have the Glenwood Gardens yes. down here in Mankato that have a lot of different uh, types of grasses you could maybe want to plant in your own yard. Yeah, the Glenwood Gardens is a good place for people to stop and take a look at, too. A lot of different things in there. And then 2 o'clock, square foot garden. You know who's presenting that? Oh, I wonder who. That would be me. <laughs> 2 o'clock, I'm going to talk about square foot gardening, raised beds. Uh, 2.30 on coleus. I bet you that's your sister, Norla, probably talking about coleus, isn't it? Could be. I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure who it is. I know that's her specialty. And then they're going to have, uh, you can go check out the Hubbard House because they've got a lot of beautiful flowers and things there. So that will be coming up on April 6th, the Minnesota River Valley Master Gardeners uh, presentations for the public. So again, uh, at the Blue Earth County Library. And we hope you'll be able to come down there. And if you're, if you're there in your master gardener, you got some other questions that isn't oh. a topic, just ask them anyway. And if you don't know the identity of a plant, bring the pot in. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really been fun around. Uh, I work here at the, the university. So uh, now that people know I'm a master gardener, I have people coming up and ask me garden questions all the time. And it's I love it. And that's part of what we do is educate. That's what we are for there for in master gardeners is to educate the public. What are some, uh, some of the biggest questions you get Because when people find out you're a master gardener? It's mostly about tomatoes. Oh, because you're the tomato expert. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That, or dahlias. I grow a lot of dahlias and stuff. And Have you planted your dahlias in pots yet, Harvey? No. Too early? I have one coming up from seed. But, um, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be going down there and check them again now. And any time I've seen any that's starting to... See, they're all in peat moss. And so when they start to grow... I come through poking through there. I'll take them out and then I'll uh, divide them and then put them in pots. Well, I have, I think I might have let my dahlias uh, dry up too much. I'm not sure. But in the fall, a dahlia is a plant that's not hardy here over the winter. So you have to dig up the roots. And then, like you said, you put them, you get the dirt off and you put them in peat pots to try and keep them. Peat moss. Or peat, what did I say? Peat pots. Peat pots. <laughs> peat moss, yeah. <laughs> that would be kind of funny to see yeah. that. Uh, peat moss, yeah, or sphagnum moss is what I do. In oh, different people use different uh, different well, ways to do it. Some people use sand, yeah. yeah. And some people just actually, I've heard them wrapping in saran wrap mm -hmm. and stuff too, but I've never tried that. This works for me. Well, I um, looked at mine. Um, they, I had them out at the, the, the house in the, it was in 44 degrees in the basement area. And so, but they seem kind of dry. So do you think I should... I would not, still not the, give them up yet. No, I wouldn't give up on them uh, because uh, uh, even if they have dried some, mine were a little dry when I put them in this year because I didn't. I dug some and washed them off, and then I didn't get them put in peat moss right away. Oh, and okay. They did start to dry a little bit, but I've got. I know there's one, at least one or two that are starting to grow already, so um, they'll be okay. It, it a lot of times when they're too dry it'll take a long time for them to get started because they got to pick up that moisture and, and stuff too so but no I'll I'll um, get some out pretty soon and I then I'll be able to divide them I'll see where they're growing where the buds are and um, cut them up and I'll get a lot of times I'll get the three four plants off of one from last year 
Well, I'm excited about um, being able to get outside, but as we know, it's still too early. And one oh. thing I want to say to people, because you'll see this all the time, when the snow melts off, they are right out there raking <laughs> their grass. No, 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 no. no. Stay off that uh, grass, and uh, it's best not even to walk on it because it's still soft. And you compact it, and then then it then what happens yeah. is that the, the the roots need that uh, the aeration, the drainage, and if you compact it, you're just going to make a just a like a brick. The only place I'm going to walk on my lawn is because I got to get out to my greenhouse because I had uh, some panels that um, the snow knocked some panels out, oh. and so I got to get those fixed because I got to get out there to. Uh, uh, get that going for my plants and so that's the only time I'll well usually in, in a garden and this is something you find if you want to put a path in a yard let's say you think i want a path in my yard put the path wherever you're you're going most mostly of the time if you think well i think a path would look great over here well if you're not going to use that path it's kind of like when they build sidewalks a lot of times i notice at the university they have these beautiful paths but everybody's cutting across so <laughs> you might as well just say okay here's where they're going to go so build the path there and that's what i did i know when i was re renovating out at the lake house there was a, a area that we went around and so i said okay this is going to be the path well i i've got to get it fixed because a lot of times this is going to be a little bit late this year but uh, normally in the first part of april or so that's when i move out to my greenhouse you do okay yeah, so you're from the i would say the middle of april Somewhere's around there, and so I got to get that thing fixed. So I, because I I got a lot of work to do, because I've got um, stands inside that I every spring I take the level out there and I make sure they're completely level. Now stands, you mean to hold the plants? Yeah, the uh, the, the um, shelves. No. Yeah, the the flats. Oh, the flats. Okay. I always water from the flats, uh, pour the water in the flats. So it's got to be perfectly level so all the plants get water when I water Yeah, and so it doesn't turn, make a little lake down at one end of the yeah, other. Okay, yeah, I got so, you. But I've got to do it every year. I've got to get out there and, and adjust them a little bit. Because the so. ground heaves or yeah. moves. So that's that's always a big job and that I have to do too. I don't know if you get these in the mail. Maybe you don't, but I always start getting letters in the mail from all the lawn companies that want me to sign up early so I can get free <laughs> services. If not only will we give you, you know, your your three services, we'll add, you know, this and this and this, and that's so you're going to be getting a lot of them uh, in the mail from saying we're, we'll fertilize your lawn, we'll do this and this and this. But remember, uh, most lawns. Um, probably don't need a lot of extra stuff. So any of that extra stuff you're putting on your lawn that your plants really don't need is going down the drain, going into our lakes and polluting them. I live out in the country, so I don't get bombarded yeah. by them. But um, I've got a big lawn, and uh, I have never fertilized it. I have never sprayed it, and it, it but, looks good. But but I'm on a, on a ground that used to yes. be a cattle yard. Right. So most people, if you move in a house, a new house in town, what they've done is they scraped all the beautiful topsoil away, and so you got all this clay, and then they dump a little, you know, topsoil on top. So you've only got maybe four to six inches, yeah. and of course that doesn't provide good drainage. So you've got to keep adding compost. But what I was thinking you can do related to your yard this year is take care of your lawnmower. If you didn't have it, have uh, the, the uh, blade sharpened, uh, yeah. uh, if you need a new spark plugs, if you need a new carburetor, um, air filter, um, and they recommend you drain the oil from the crankcase of a mower with a four-cycle engine. But I guess it's not needed for two-cycle engines and then refill with the right you know, type of oil. 
uh, replace any bent, cracked, or damaged blades and sharpen up or have a professional sharpen your mower blades because there's nothing worse than not doing a clean uh, cut, cut because then you're yeah. getting this dull stuff and it uh, makes it more vulnerable to disease and stuff. Right. I have a neighbor that goes through mine just about every year. Goes through what? The mower. My mower. Oh, that, that looks at your mower? Looks at my mower. Yeah, we found a guy that, because we're not really mechanically handy. So, I'm not either. Yeah, so we have a, a guy that we um, take it to. And I, the reason I'm saying now, you say, well, it's got a little ways out yet. Do it now, because what happens is then all of a sudden. It's busy. Oh, yeah. And you say, oh, I got to mow the lawn today. Oh, you find it doesn't work. And then you might have to wait a week or, or so for that to get fixed. So if you want to do it, do it now. Get the guy or yourself and do that so that, and also, you know, make sure you check for any loose nuts, bolts, or screws, and that, because there's a lot of vibration that happens uh, with your lawnmowers. Mm -hmm. So, uh, just something to think about uh, because, and then it also says, I love this, try to contain your enthusiasm. It is still a little early to plant <laughs> grass seed, and sod is usually not available until April. So, I know it's better to, to uh, seed grass in earlier spring, but you got to wait till the snow's gone yeah. until it's a little. Uh, there again, just stay off your grass and, and until it really gets dry and, and firms up a little bit. Yeah, and the best thing is to wait until you get get a couple of heavy rains. Yeah, that'll that'll kind of take the rest of the frost out and uh, firm it up a little bit. The other issue you make mention rains is, uh, of course, this was a really major year for snow and salt on the roads. So yeah. all that stuff that was plowed. I've got salt all along the edge of my yard. So what I'll probably do when it gets a little, you know, the snow is gone and it melts a little, I'll get out there with the hose and I will spray that salted area to try and uh, disperse so it's uh, not so heavy because it'll yeah. kill a lot of the grass. And that's why a lot of times if you know you're going to... Dilute gonna, it a little bit. Yeah, to dilute it. There you go. And also if, um, a lot of times I'll plant things like by my mailbox, which is by the road, of plants that are more tolerant of yeah. salt. So. Oh, last Saturday when my uh, granddaughter and great-granddaughter were down, um, my granddaughter is a master gardener and lives up in the cities, mm -hmm. and she works with a lot of kids' programs and stuff. And uh, she wanted any extra seed catalogs that I had. And, of course, I get a lot of seed catalogs. Oh, yes, you do. So I put them all in the bag and gave them to 36 seed catalogs I have this That's year. That's it? No, and that's not all. Oh, I, I kept not. some, and I've been throwing some away, too. Okay, so yeah. I'm sure I've gotten 50 at least. Oh, me too, and I've been recycling, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's funny. You buy from one company, and they spread the word that, hey, this guy would like to order some plants. And well, and a lot of them are somehow connected. I noticed a lot oh, of the are. seed companies. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them are. And I mentioned this site before. Go to Dave's Garden. It's a site that they have real people like you and me rate their experience whether it's ordering plants or seeds from different companies and they'll have information on there about what companies are related to each other yeah so it's a it's just a good site to get some more uh unbiased information and if you want deeper service you have to pay of course for that but a lot of it's free so a lot of times i i gotta look for what i want and some some of them don't have what i want and so i have to go to something else a different company and stuff but i i stick to mostly uh, a couple of ones that i know and i've had good service from them and stuff right so. and if you really want good service local yeah. i mean think about doing 
local, mm. especially buying your plants and things. Well, even the seeds. Um, you, there's a lot of places in town that sell a lot of a lot of different seeds. But some of mine are special that I can't get there. Right, specialty seeds, right? Well, the one I'll give you an example is my super sauce. I Tomatoes, used, yep. Yeah, I used to get that. I had to order it because I couldn't get it anyplace else. But I know now that at least one place here in town they have super sauce seeds too. So, um, yeah, it, it makes a difference. And, of course, when I get to all these catalogs, I can always look through the catalogs and see uh, the different things, and and like to try something different every once in a while. And of course, then I get my granddaughters. Hey, Grandpa, <laughs> you want to start this for me? And I don't know what is it. Well, I'll just start the seed. It's your you're up to you <laughs> to, to see what it is. <laughs> now, I uh, so as far as planting it, usually you got to wait for like things like peas and that till the soil is at least forty degrees. Yeah. And I was just checking the temperature because the uh, Wasika station uh, does the temps. I don't know if you've checked it. I'm going to check it out here and find out. Uh, let's see. Soil sites. Where do you want to know? Beaver Falls, Minnesota? No, that's too far away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here in... No, Wasika does, does a very good job of keeping temperatures. Uh, they've got uh, records back for quite a few years. I'm looking at here. St. Peter, what is their... Let me see if I can figure out a temp here. Well, it looks like they're up to 32 now. Okay, so we're getting a little better. Uh-huh. And University I, of Minnesota at Waseca is 32 as well. I, and I, I'm pretty sure they take the temperature at the two-inch level. Uh, it says six inches. Or six inches? Yeah, it says, yeah, six-inch uh, soil. It says it shows the okay. soil temps and uh, where, uh, yeah, so it, which is good because, I mean, two inches isn't very far down. So Yeah, but the, now at 32, and you don't want... You don't want to stick any tomatoes and peppers in ground that's oh, no. less than 50. 50, right. So, so that's just, a ways off. Yeah, it's going to take a while for that to get up there. I always I always get a chuckle out of some of these places. They get in these big tomato plants oh, uh, so early, and they got uh, blossoms on them. Some even have little tomatoes on them. Be be, beat your neighbor. Uh, yeah. I mean, where are you going to plant it? <laughs> because it, you, you would do a disservice to the tomato plant if you plant it out. Uh, when it's too cold and stuff, it's and just going to be stunted, and your neighbor's yeah. not—you're not going to beat your neighbor anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> what What are you doing next now? Well, I mean, you know, I'm—I finally—I want to tell you what I did. I finished my garden plan for my square foot garden. I drew it all out, figure what I want, where. So now I know that this is how much space I have. Do not buy any more plants. And <laughs> yeah. So are, what are you um, up to next? What's well n- now that I've started uh, there, I always take uh, and put. Most of these seeds I planted are starting in little uh, six-pack uh, plastic. Mm-hmm. And when they get big enough, then I'll take them out of there and I'll put them in peat pots. Then I'll have to uh, keep those uh, watered and stuff, and that's what I'll plant them. Uh, when they're in peat pots, all I do is take them out and stick them in the ground. You don't take the pots off or now, anything? I always take the bottom of the pot off so the roots don't have to struggle to get through. So. And I've, I found that that's good. So I'll leave it in the peat pot, but sometimes I'll actually, and usually it's a lot of times it's it's a little de- um, decomposed because it's been wet. Yeah. So sometimes that's not a bad idea. I, uh, where I have mine in the greenhouse and stuff and I water them, you know, t- tomatoes are the most forgiving plant <laughs> that I know of uh, for water. I Sometimes I come in there and they're completely t- look like they're about done. 
and I give them some water, and an hour later, they're back up there. And, and uh, so they get a lot of water, and the peat uh, does, as long as I water them from the bottom, yeah. then that'll, and usually when I stick them, there's all kinds of white little roots coming out through it. They, they get through it uh, yeah. real good. Yeah, and I just sometimes like to help them along yeah. if I can, but yeah. Yeah, if, if of course, I, I probably have more. I've been in, they've been in there longer. They right. get a lot Here's more water and stuff. Yeah. So they're, they're more decaying already, Sue. So, but yeah, that's what I'll be doing now is to getting all these things in peat pots and then trying to find some place to put them under lights. Right. I got so <laughs> I'm running out of space <laughs> in my basement too, Harvey. So. I, I move plants around every once in a while, just give me a little bit more room. And, and I'm uh, some of these that I have had in there, I'll probably throw away yet too because I've had them. They're annuals. And, and, uh, and they aren't doing so hot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. sometimes you have to sacrifice. <laughs> well, Harvey, always great to chat with you. Um, we'll be back again next week, but happy gardening until next time. Thank you very much. All right, bye-bye. Harvey Hess, our master gardener, retired dairy farmer, and uh, he's just a good guy all around. It is one minute past 10, and you are listening to